We're so grateful that you're here. Uh, if you're new, a special welcome to you. We love having new people. You know, today what I want to do is I just want to start with opening up the Word of God and reading. So if you're able to stand or if you're willing to stand, we do this because the Word of God is life transforming and we need to honor it as much as we can in our lives. So today we're going to read from Hebrews chapter 2, a couple of verses and really dig into the message from it. And Hebrews 2 says this, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being he could die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way he could set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Now I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you all to pray as well. Each and every time I challenge people to pray for the message for themselves, they grab a direct revelation or an oracle or a, 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 something in their mind that is from God. So let's pray together and ask God to speak to us all. So Father in heaven, I give you thanks and praise for who you are. Lord, we honor your word. We celebrate it. And I ask as you move in us today that you will grab a hold of someone or multiples of someone's in this room and bring fear out of their life and replace it with this fearless life of Jesus Christ. Teach us, Lord, how to live a life for your glory and honor and praise. We give you this time. We give you our lives for you are good. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Go ahead and be seated. So today we conclude this series, Fearless, and I've really enjoyed it. It's actually been something for me to stand up a little bit stronger, a little bit taller in my faith, and that's what we're trying to do is conclude this fearlessness. Now, let me, I'm just going to, this wasn't what I was planning, but uh, first service last week, I was a little flat. You noticed it, right? But second service was much better, so if you were here first service and you wanted to get a better version of it, Dustin was right, second service. But usually, first service, I'm on fire because I got less things going on in my head. But here's the question. Go to the website, our new website. We've got all kinds of places to, to look at, and the, the sermon series on there is pretty powerful. We're having people from like Uganda and Slovakia and all over the world listen to these messages. It's pretty amazing. Go and ask... Go ask Jeremy Case. He has this little thing on his phone, and it tracks where people are looking at our website and how they're listening to the sermons. And we've had phenomenal movement in the sermons because of that. So check it out. Here's the question for you today. Are you hungry? Did you come in? And I'm not talking about that little rumbling in your belly kind of hungry. I got that. <laughs> little Egg McMuffin might fill that void right now. But that's not what I'm talking about. Are you hungry for the Lord? Because today we want to feed you spiritual food so that you can learn to live a life practically for Jesus Christ. Journey was designed so that you and I can learn to live our life practically in this world as Christians. The word Christians is little images of Christ. We don't want to be a religious group of people. We want to be little images of Christ following Jesus. Now on my little bio it says, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not a religious man, which is true. But the truth is, I do believe in religion. I do believe in Christianity. But I want to be a person in that religion that just follows Jesus and tries to winnow the man's ideas in this religion. Does that make sense? So if you're hungry today 
even that, that physical growling, open up that spot so let God feed you in a way that maybe will radically change your life today. How do we do that? Well, we do that by confessing that I need to be delivered. Not just a one-time event in this world, but I need to be delivered every day. I need to wake up as I did this morning and say my little prayers. Dear Jesus, help me. Be a better man. Be a better father. And be really funny at church today, Father. Second service, I'm sure, will be a lot better there. But I need to pray and ask God every day to deliver me of my, my, my darkness, of my sins. And so do you. We see this in our memory verse. And I'm kind of bummed because this has been my favorite memory verse in six years. Isaiah 12, 2 says this. Look, God is my deliverer. Hallelujah. I will trust in him and I will not fear. Trust is the output of faith. I will trust in him and I will not fear. Because the output of faith is I'm going to start trusting. Because he, for, he gives me strength and protects me and has become my deliverer. He has become. We have to have him deliver us one time and then each and every day become my daily deliverer. That's what we have in our, in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Today we're going to talk about the, uh, the fear of death. And I know a lot of people in this room personally have experienced some of that. And we're going to talk about that personally and uh, uh, people, around, uh, people around you that you might have a fear of death. So here's what it says about the fear of death. It says, death anxiety or the fear of death is morbid, abnormal, or a persistent uh, fear of one's own mortality. So we're talking about it. One source defines the anxiety as feeling the dread or apprehension or anxiety when one thinks that he is going to die or cease to being who he is. He ceased to uh, being of, of this life. The other one, and that's called thanophobia. Does that sound right? I can't pronounce that. It, and it also is distinguished from necrophobia, which is a specific fear of, of being, uh, the fear of dead or dying persons around you. So you have this fear of people dying around you. So there's this fear of death, and this is a perfect one to close, and we added this to the sermon series. This was going to start a new series, but we thought that we didn't want to, we wanted to make sure we grabbed a hold of this one, because this one kind of encompasses all of the fearless uh, series that we've gone through. So the fear of death is important, and normally at this moment, I would come up and tell you a story, a personal story, or give you an illustration, but today I have a friend, my buddy Brian Kreitz. Will you give him a hand as he comes out here? Brian Kreitz is an all-inclusive man. He plays the drums. He plays the bass. He uh, does the sound. He does all kinds of stuff, teaches kids, gave communion this week. So, Brian, we appreciate you, man, for all that you do. Love you, bro. I've Love seen this too, man, man grow in just amazing ways in the last six or seven years that I've known him. So, Brian, you have a fear of death. I do. <laughs> Tell me a little I bit do. about that. How, does that. how does that work? What is that? Um, I'd say, like, a fear of death is fearing yourself dying or fearing that you're not going to be around anymore and realizing that, realizing that you're mortal and not immortal. I do a lot of things. I go to racetracks. I do all of that. So when people think that or when people hear that I have a fear of death, they're like, why are you hanging around a racetrack? Why do you do all this, you know, adventurous stuff? And then I realize, like, at that moment, I start thinking about it, and then I'm like, oh, you're right. Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> so then... I started thinking about it, and then I just shut down, and my mind just, you know, it engulfs, the fear of death engulfs that in my mind. So it has a huge impact in you. Huge impact. Tell us about huge that. Impact. So let's say you're hanging out in a room like today, 
and you start talking about your fear of death or somebody, you know, at church, I'd always avoid the topic. So today, I know you did a message not too long ago, a couple years back about fear of death. And normally I would just leave the room, but he asked me to be up here, so I had to stay. <laughs> I'd be in the, Smart. I'd be out there um, at the coffee cart. But it really impacts your life because it's all you think about um, in that moment. And you think about, oh, am I not going to be here? Or even going into the aspect of somebody else dying, like a few years back, my grandmother died. And the thought of just not having her around even, anymore, or even my mom not being around, or my brother, or anybody, it's just a really, I mean, a really strong It's debilitating feeling. for you, right? It's really bad. It's I mean, something that we've talked about for years, yeah. right? And, yeah. and, and it's something that you want to let go. One of the things that you said was, man, when I come up here, what'd you say? When I come up here, I just want it to be gone. Like, I just want God to take that away and just put it in his hands and just take it away because I don't want to feel that anymore. So let's do this. Why don't you guys reach your hand out and let's pray that God of the universe will move in this man because this guy's doing great things here. He's becoming an amazing man of God, growing up to, to provide and be a great family man. So God wants to do a work in you, and we're going to do it in front of everybody. Amen. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, all people come to an agreement for this man and his fear of death, Lord, fear of personal death and the death around you. Because you are all powerful, Lord, I ask that you move in him from head to toe to make him free and healed. Lord, I ask him to be a testimony to this group, to this community, and to this world that this man walked in fear and now he has greater faith. Lord, give him a quadruple shot of faith because you love him, Lord. You love him so much. So we lift him up to you, Lord, and ask for your glory and healing. And all God's people said, Amen. Love you, bro. Love you too, man. Thanks for sharing. Today we want to discuss the fear of death and what that looks like. What does that look like in your life? But really, I don't want to talk about human death. I want to talk about what Jesus did. I want to use scriptures to show us how to get out of this. Because we all understand that death is part of life. People die. And it sucks. I don't know if we can say that, but if we could, I think I just did. <laughs> if you have a fear that you can die at any moment, right now, you probably struggle with the fear of death. If you have a fear about people around you being able to drop dead, so to speak, instantly... You have a fear of death. And the truth is, both of those statements are true. We can die. We're not guaranteed any much longer than the next breath we take, right? So it is true, but if you have this anxiety like my brother Brian, then you need to step into this place and say, I don't want to live a fearful life because I have a Savior that comes in and gives me great impact and does great work for me. So how do we become free of that? Well, the truth is you need to replace that fear with Jesus. What we do is we replace it with other things, right? We replace it with drugs and alcohol. We replace it with shopping or TV or video games or, I don't know, whatever else you can do. Walking, exercise, all good stuff instead of pressing into it and coming face to face with that fear. And that's what Jesus does. In, in our verse here, we see Jesus do something that shows us how we should live our life. What does he do? In our text in 14, it says, because God's children are human beings, we are made of flesh and blood, the Son 
It says, also became flesh and blood, for only as a human could he die. He came as a human face to face with things of this world. He was born just like you and me. He went to the bathroom just like you and me, took showers, probably cut himself, probably did a lot of things just like you and me. It's a little different because it was back then. He probably wasn't surfing Facebook all the time like a lot of you are, including me. But he lived a life just like you and me, and he was willing to come face-to-face to us and to our society. And today, we don't have him face-to-face. We have the Holy Spirit to engage us face-to-face. And that's what he did. He came to address this. Now, here's the question that I have. I read this, and, and I'm talking about the fear of death, and I ask myself, did Jesus fear Did Jesus fear death? Did Jesus fear it all? If he was a human being, did he fear? Because he is this, what we call in theology, this hypostatic union, this God-man, this supernatural human God-man. That's what it's talking about. And he's 100% man, but he's also 100% God. He's the true superhero of all time. And this is a lot better, nothing against Marvel Comics, Ozzy, but this is a lot better book about a superhuman supernatural, amazing man, but also 100% God. That's who we have in Jesus Christ. And he said, I'm going to come down and live this life for 33 years. But there's a moment in the garden, and I think I've even preached about this, probably the last time I talked about death, where Jesus came, and it seems like he has some fear, right? Matthew 26, Jesus is in the garden. He's having this communication with his father. And he says, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Lord, if it is possible, I'd rather not do this. Let's let it pass. Let's just wave your hand and let it go and, and all will be good. But then he says, not my will or not as I will, but as you will, Father. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. So is that fear? Because I think many theologians and many people look at that and say, yeah, this is the human side. Jesus was human and this is humanity. But the truth is, as you look into it, it's more anguish. Anguish versus fear. It's not fear, it's anguish. Anguish is this. It's a severe mental or physical pain or suffering. That's what anguish is. He's at this point of anguish because he's like, Lord, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to be upon the cross. I'm going to be rejected. All my disciples are going to run. I'm going to put my blood and my body on the cross for all mankind, and it's going to be horrific. The next 24 hours, Lord, I know is going to be horrific, and he's not fear of dying because he knew this. This was designed in what we call eternity past. He's fear of what's going to happen, and the truth is that's only about 10% of his anguish. Do you realize that? You think he's scared about the cross? Not so much. He died and he knew that and he was anguishing. But there is a moment where God the Father is going to turn away from him. And that is where the anguish is. He's never had that before. He's always connected and with God. And there's going to be a moment with all sin, past, present, and future, come on to Jesus. And God's going to go, oh man, I can't be around that. And he's going to disconnect for a moment in time. And for that, for Jesus, is eternity. And he's in anguish. He's like, Lord, I've never been away from you, Father. I've never been disconnected. And God can't be around sin. So there's got to be a separation. And that is the pain and agony that he's dealing with. That is what he's really suffering with. The cross and the death. Yeah. He's God. 
He can handle that. But the separation from God the Father, too much. And we get that backwards. Oh, man, it's the cross and what happened on the cross. And I believe in the cross. I, I dangle the cross. But the truth is, we walk out of here and we're disconnected from God and don't really give a rip. And Jesus wants us to be a little bit more in tune and sensitive to that. Listen, death is an enemy to God. Just as the devil or Satan is an enemy, just as sin, death is an enemy to God. God wants to make sure that you understand that. Death is his enemy. And he wants you to grab a hold of that. We were not meant to die. God's, the Father's heart was never for mankind to die. That's not really the point. But it happened. We have, this, we have this tricky devil that comes in and schemes and lies and tells us, and he distracts us, and he yearns for power. He yearns. He says, Lord, I wanted power, and because he didn't get it, he was cast down. He's looking for power, and the one power that he received on this earth was the power of death. And what, what Satan does, or what the devil is, or whatever you want to call him, your enemy, he borrows God's power. He twists God's things and makes him his own. And he tries to come in as the angel of light. Listen, here's what it says. Genesis 2.17. Listen to what God says. You must not eat from the tree of knowledge or of good and evil. For when you eat, you will certainly die. Right? That was what was told. And if you guys missed this sermon that Jeremy did on rejection a couple of weeks ago, if you go to the website, it was powerful. Super powerful. And he talks a lot about this, this dialogue here. But here's the deal, the devil's, the devil's master achievement, the master achievement, his Picasso, the thing that he wants to create in you is to use something holy for wrong, for evil, for bad. That's his master achievement. That's the Picasso when he takes someone in this room or someone in this world and changes them just a little bit so they're no longer godly and they're walking a hypocritical life or a sinful life. That's his masterful achievement. He disguises himself as the angel of light and I'm going to bring in you. And he takes God's word and he bends it so we do crazy things. One of the reasons why we need to be in church is that we come together as a unity and go, did Jeff really say that? Is that really true? And when I, don't, when I say things are a little bit weird, my buddy Ozzy's the first one to come up and go, dude, that was pretty hypocritical right there. But other people do as well. We are to come together as a group and open up the word and learn together and grow together and make sure that we're going towards Jesus. And we don't want to walk beyond ourselves because we in our own head twist things. And we look at things differently and we need to come together and grab a hold of this. But this is how Satan changes this. He says in Genesis 3, 4, he's like, you won't die. Come on, you're going to eat the fruit and you're going to die. You're just going to drop dead. He says, you're not going to die. What he says is your eyes are going to be open. You're going to be just like God. You're going to know good and evil. You're not going to die. You think you're going to grab a little bit of the, the, the fig Jeremy said it was or something, and he's eating the fruit, and he's, you're not going to die. And the truth is, they weren't going to die right then and there. They were going to die a spiritual death, and he was going to bring death into the mix. And it was a different kind of death than what we thought of. And so he did his trickery, and he was his master achievement, and now death becomes part of our life set. Here's what it says. The Apostle Paul writes this, and if you need some homework today and want to discuss this amongst yourselves, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, there's a whole chapter 
about the resurrection of Christ and the purpose of the resurrection. And Paul just breaks it out. And on Wednesdays, in about three months, we'll be going through this section. And it's really powerful. Here's a part in 1521, 1 Corinthians 1521. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. When we press into our faith and say, I am a believer, I am a lover of Jesus, I belong to him, I no longer belong to the death of Adam, but I have this new life, this new place inside of me. And that's how Jesus comes in. If we go back to our verse in Hebrews, it says, so the Son of Man became flesh, for only as a human he could die. And then verse 14c, it says, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil. Only by dying can he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. This word here is karthageo in Greek, and it's this powerful word. And this word should actually be spelled out as to destroy, annihilate, annul. Cease, abolish, this word Carthageo is this powerful word that says, I am going to break the chains of death for all mankind. And this is what I'm trying to do to our community and our society. This is what Jesus wants. He doesn't want us to fear death. He wants to celebrate dancing on Satan's back and breaking the chains of death. Let me give you an example of what this looks like. So there's a story of this gigantic death in the Bible, huge death, something that we all know and you're thinking that's Jesus. It's not that death. It's at a greater proportion than that in the size. It's when little ruddy David goes before Goliath and he jumps up and does the slingshot thing, pretty cool, young man, puts this thing right in the center of his head Right? And all of a sudden, Goliath calls and says, the Bible says that he drops face first. And then David, little David, grabs this huge sword and he decapitates Goliath with Goliath's own sword. That was a dishonor. You would die by your own sword was an honor if you did it yourself. If you died by your own sword, it was a dishonor. And he decapitated. Now listen, David knew how to get ahead in life. Sorry, I had to do it right there. It's so cheesy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here all week, everybody. <laughs> That's bad. That's so bad. You know how long it's taken me to use that joke? That's like four years. That's masterful. <laughs> Goliath dies by his own sword. Today, if we, we, we fast forward to Jesus, Jesus says, I am going to come in and die to break the chains of death for all of mankind. Jesus says, I'm going to come in and break the chains of death for all of mankind. I'm going to use death to actually give life. That's what he wants. It's like a double negative creates a positive. That's what Jesus is doing here. He's telling us that this is what I want to do. And this is what verse 15 says. Only in this way could he set us free from all who live their lives as slaves to dying of fear. This is how he sets us free. All of us that have lived our lives slaves to the fear of this world and the fear of death. Because most of us fear death and taxes, right? 
You don't pay your taxes, they come, and at some point, the, 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 the grim reaper is going to come and take you. We fear that. That's just part of our life as human beings. But Jesus says, all that have lived in this slave lifestyle with this death of fear, if you claim me as Lord and Savior, I have the opportunity to live a new life, a better life. We need to learn to master this. We need to learn to master this and use this in our lives so that we can teach others about the glory of Jesus Christ. Because then I don't have any more fear. I have great faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because death has lost its sing. It's just a shadow. Death is just a shadow. Who's afraid of a shadow? Maybe some kid when they see it, but most of us realize that's just a shadow. It's nothing. And the Bible tells us it's just a shadow. It has no sting. And if you continue on Corinthians 15, you'll see that it says death has lost its sting. When Jesus comes into your life and when Jesus came and died upon the cross and resurrected, death has lost its seam once and for all. And we need to understand that. Listen to what uh, Edward T. Welch says. It says, when you erode the fear of death with the knowledge that you have already died in Christ, you will find yourself moving towards more of a simple, bold obedience. Listen, you have already died. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're dead. Your old self has died, and there's a new life that you're supposed to step into and put in that new life on you. You have already died if you say, I am a Christian and I believe. But many of you haven't got there yet. You're still stuck, the in-between place, right? Should I step into this new place or should I step back? And I'm stuck because I have fear. And the fearless life pushes you into that new place because you've already died. And the victory is Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? As we close this, uh, this sermon series, I, w- I want to think, I want to do something I've never done before. Has anybody, is anybody struggling with a death right now? Raise your hand if you are. Raise it high so we can see it. Will you guys look around? You know what I want to do? I, I want to pray for it. Keep your hands up if you've struggled with death. Will you guys look at these people and let's just intercede for a few minutes. There's, there's people struggling here. Let's just intercede. I don't want to make a big scene and have everybody rush around and pray and put their hands on them because some people don't want to be touched. But let's just pray. If they're raising your hand, go towards them in your heart and let's pray, all right? Go ahead. You guys do it and then I'll come back in and pray. So everybody, let's pray out loud for these people and let's just minister that the fear of death will be gone. Amen? Go. Thank you, Father. Father, we come to you. All these hands, all these souls, all these people who love you, struggling with death of a loved one, Father, in the fear of death. Lord, as a church, we intercede right now. We intercede right now and ask that you replace any fear, that you replace any fear with the greatest love ever brought to mankind. Lord, there's so many struggling people that struggle with death, including me and my own family, Father. We come and we ask that you minister to us all. Holy Spirit, work in us. 
Give us a nugget of truth and wisdom so that we can hold on to this forever. Lord, you are glorious. You are loving. And you want us to step into this new place. Father, we minister to you right now and give our hearts to you and ask for you to receive them. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. That was a powerful moment, you guys. That's a moment where healing happens. And we go to that dark place and we start watching God move in a way that takes that pain and suffering, that anguish, and says, I love you. And I care for you. And I want you to be an even closer child of God to me. That moment is where he's drawing us in. And wants us to feel that power and that glory. When you erode your faith, let me say this again. When you erode the fear of death, not your faith, with the knowledge that you've already died. You have already died. Then you take this simple obedience to say, I'm going to move closer to you, Father. I'm going to step into a new place and move closer to you. And I'm going to not let the fear of this world grab a hold of me. Because the world is in shambles. Camarillo seems okay. It's because it's a lie. The world is in a shamble. We're protected. Pleasant Valley's nice. We've got a things going on, but it's nothing horrendous. But we're not really pressing in and we're not worried about being disconnected from God. And that is a lie of the enemy and that's the lukewarmness that we need to step out of. Does that make sense? Corinthians 15, 25, this is a verse I've been trying to get to all day. It says, for Christ must reign until he humbles all of his enemies at his feet. Christ's purpose was to come into this world and become Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and he is to reign until a certain point. And then there's a point where he stops reigning and he gives it back to the Father. And that point is when death has been abolished. It says, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. There is going to be a moment when Jesus comes and there's no longer any worry about death. Those that believe hallelujah are going to be celebrating with Jesus and there's going to be a whole group of people that are on the other side going, man, I should have listened. I should have gone. I should have went to that Easter church and said yes to my father and not been dis uh, uh, let the world reject it because of what I think or what they think. There's going to be a moment where all of us are going to be living for eternity, some in eternal hell, and some of us celebrating with our eternal Father. And then Jesus goes back and goes, look, it, I did all that you want. Now I'm giving it back, and now let's just celebrate. That's what the text tells us. Let, the hope of you, let the, your hope of heaven master your fear of death. Let the hope of heaven Master your fear of death and master all those fears that you have in your life. Grab a hold of that. We only focus on what's going to happen tonight, Sunday night football, lunch at Toppers. I know. Lunch at In-N-Out or Wood Ranch. I'm getting paid, by the way, so I always try and get those. But we don't focus on the Father and worry about, like, I'm separated from God right now. And when we feel separated, what do we do? Oh, that's okay. 
no big deal. Instead of rushing back and getting, on the, getting before the God. And I was talking to a friend this week and I told her, put, put an image of the cross on your phone. And every time you need to, go to that cross and say, Father, I'm before you. Because I don't want to be away from you. I want to come before you. And never walk away from the glory of God. Let your hope of heaven master your fear of death. As we close this fearless series, I want you to step into a new place. Some of you are going to take a 3% upgrade. Somebody's going to walk out of here feeling 100% better. And it's going to take that challenge to go, I can be a better person. I can be a better person for you, Lord, not for the world. The world doesn't care. All the world cares if you pay your taxes and you come to their restaurant or you pay your bills. They don't care. But God cares if you're a better child, even if you're poor and can't pay your bills. He cares that you love him and believe that he is all providing, right? As we talk about fearless, we have to be not worried about being rejected about this world. If you start telling people, last week we talked about the fear of sharing. If you start telling people that Jesus is alive, I want you to come to my church or I'll go to a church of your choice, people are going to reject you. Who cares? Has any ever, anybody ever went on a date before? Anybody got rejected to go out on a date before? Have we been rejected all the time? Look at you folks. I don't think that's came out exactly what I was thinking about. But some of wow. Wow. We've all been rejected. That's the point here. We can't let that fear grab a hold of us. We can't let our fear of being found out. We can't worry about what people think if they know our past. My past is my past and I claim it, I grab a hold of it, and I share it with the world because it only makes me a better person because I don't want to go back. So my past when it's out there, it's a, it's a testimony that I don't have to go back there and I can stand in victory. I can't be afraid of what has happened to me and what I have done. So we can't be a fear of, of being found out. We can't be rejected and worried about that. We can't worry about the failures and all the doo-doo that we've done, right? There was a whole series on do, or a message on doo-doo. Go and look at it. It's etched in everybody's mind forever. It's called the fear of failure. We can't worry about sharing the faith. Somebody brought you to church one day. Thank be to God they did. And someone is waiting for you to ask. Someone is waiting for, I was getting this, I, there was a bunch of stuff going on on the Facebook about me this weekend, good stuff for the first time in a long time. And somebody made a comment, man, I really love going to the church when my so-and-so invites me. They just want to be invited. They just want to be invited. I'll sit with you, I'll come to whatever service, I'll make you feel comfortable, I'll go buy you an In-N-Out burger. They just want to be invited. Spend a few bucks, take them out to lunch, and give them the greatest gift of all kind. That's the gift of Jesus Christ. Amen? What are you afraid of? For seven weeks, we've been pounding into your heart, what are you afraid of? There's a place in Scripture, and here's your homework today. I'm going to read it, but I want you to study this today. And you know what? Six people are going to do this in both services. Six. So hopefully you're one of the six. Fight it. Romans 6, 
5 through 11, just, I could tell you this and paraphrase it, but I'll jack it up, so I'm just going to read it. And I'm dyslexic, so just go with it, all right? Since we have been united with him in death, we also will be raised to life as he was. We know that our sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that the sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for we died with Christ we are set for when we died with Christ, we are set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we will, we know that we will also live with him. We are sure of his, uh, we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin, but now he lives now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. You should also consider yourselves to be dead in the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite the band back up. And I just want to sit here for a second. I have already died. Formerly known Jeff Rodriguez, my middle name is Paul, has died. The new Jeff... The new Jeff, the new Jeff built in Jesus and built through the hands of Jesus and through the Holy Spirit who has discipled me is the one that's alive and it's the one that's speaking. It's the one that's walking every day for the glory of God, making failures but turning back and saying, Jesus, I know that you saw that and you want me to do better and be better. That's the practical way, getting up and standing up when we failed and move forward and say, God, I know you're there. And that you're alive and I no longer want to live in fear. I've got all kinds of fears going on. I'm raising teenage girls. How hard can it be? There's nothing harder for a man in this world. Three daughters and I've got to go through it. And many of you had and have done a fine job because they put Jesus in the middle of it. And I'm looking at you going, I want to be there. I got all kinds of fears. Paying bills. Struggling with things in my own life. Working them out this week with God. We all have our own issues. But through Jesus Christ, we are alive. And that's why at this church, after the message, we do worship. Because I want to celebrate the life that I have in Jesus Christ. I want to get up and say, here is my response, Lord. I received something from you today. And now I stand in victory. Because you are good. And you wipe away all the things that are wrong. You blot them out and you make them whole. The Apostle Paul writes this in the beginning of Philippians. He says this. For me, living is to live for Christ. Death is better. Why should I fear death? Death is better. But while I'm here, I'm going to live for Jesus Christ. But he tells us very clean, very purely that death is a better place for Christians. And we shouldn't fear that. It's about you and your relationship to God. I want to close with this. Baby Jesus, we're heading into Christmas, and we're going to talk a lot about Jesus, and we got a series called Behold. But baby Jesus, when he came, this is what we look at uh, uh, about Jesus and what we really think Jesus is. Jesus came and he was born and he was in a manger and, and he was wrapped up in cloth. That cloth was called swaddle cloth. Do you know that? Do you know what swaddle cloth was used for? It was used to wrap dead people in the Jewish tradition. 
And so Jesus was wrapped in what we would call a Jewish traditional cloth that was prepared for the embodiment of, of a Jewish person getting ready to die or have already died. So Jesus was born ready to die. And not only was he born, this is the manger that we have. This is one that we put out. My mother-in-law loved these. But this is really what the manger looked like. There's a picture. It's that it was like, it was like a tomb. When you go to Israel, you're going to see that the place is like a cave and the place that, that, that it really happened wasn't a manger with wood things and farm animals all running around and look like the little McDonald's thing that we used to do, right? It was more like a tomb. And the animals would come in at night and he was laid in. And it was probably not a wood thing. Here's it was probably a trough and it looks like an altar. The point is this. Jesus was born to die for you and me. He was born and prepared from day one in the Jewish garb to actually say, I'm here to die for you and you will no longer have fear if you put your life in me. If you put your hope in me, I am coming to you. I am offering myself from day one to the world in a tomb, on an altar, swaddled up for all of mankind. That's the Jesus that you and I have today. Let's just bow our heads. Let's get silent for a moment. And let's watch God work. If you have fear today, will you raise your hand? A lot of hands up. If that's, if you have fear today, let's minister. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, teach us all that we have died to self and to sin and that we are alive in you. Take away all this fear. Move in our hearts. Move in our soul. And let your glory reign, Lord. You are glory to glory in us. And we seek that. With those hands up. We ask that you give a double portion, a triple portion, a quadruple portion of whatever they need or whatever we need to no longer fear because we want to walk fearlessly for you, Jesus Christ. For someone in this room that doesn't know Jesus and needs a Savior so that they're no longer out in this world on their own, the Savior draws close to you when you say a prayer. And that is a prayer of salvation. For this, Jesus died for you and I. And here is that prayer. And church, I want everybody to repeat this so that whoever's here by themselves will feel comfortable saying it. Repeat after me. Father, forgive me. Come into my heart. Come into my soul. And be my Savior forever. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you are my resurrection. I ask for you to bless me and guide me and remove the fear out of me. Holy Spirit, anoint me right now and teach me how to walk all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.